friends and country, right? We know that, and you know that. But where else do you go to get the news and conservative perspective without all the bullshit? Well, I'll tell you right here. This is the Done Right Podcast. Flying the conservative flag high. No, not that kind of high. Getting to the root of today's hard issues instead of tiptoeing around them. We're tired of the tiptoeing, tip-tippity-tiptoeing, keeping it real. This is the Done Right Podcast, and here's your host, James Dunn. Hey everyone, after a long hiatus, we are back with a new season of the Done Right Podcast. We will be bringing you interviews with great perspectives on issues that matter to you. Too often do we have talking heads on news outlets that give people parable bumper stickers that make people feel better about owning the libs, but doesn't really add anything to the discussion. Here we want to bring you people who are subject matter experts and people passionate in their field to do deep dives on these topics and get to the root of the issue. A topic that is extremely important to me is Christianity in America, and more specifically in politics and the conservative movement. It is no coincidence that a large majority of our founding fathers were believers and instilled in our nation's motto, in God we trust. Lately, there has been a battle in the conservative movement on whether Christianity has a home in the conservative movement. The growing nihilist sentiment of nothing matters and anything goes for the maximization of freedom has become a cancer in the conservative movement and directly clashes with Christian values. To talk more about this today with us is Angel Kuros, a podcaster, a co-founder of Hispanic Conservative Caucus in New York and a part of the Young Republicans in New York. Angel, welcome. Thank you for having me, man. I'm uh, super excited to be on here. This is the flip side of the coin. You were on my podcast uh, not too long ago. Yeah, I am so excited that you're on on here. You know, it's been a long time coming. And I'm finally glad that we kind of got this to work out. So, Angel, I know you. Uh, some of, some of the people who listen to us know you. Um, but tell people who kind of don't know you, like, how did you get into politics? What's your story? Sure. So, um, I guess I got in into the ideas of politics maybe eight or nine years ago. I became a Christian when I was 22. So uh, that started kind of changing my pers- my perspective on pretty much everything under the sun. And one of those things was like uh, just searching for wisdom, trying to attain wisdom. So a part of that was like, I want to be well-educated on different topics within culture, within politics. I need to know what I think and why I, why I believe those things. So that kind of led me down the rabbit hole of like, um, uh, I started with John Oliver and I started with all like the, the usual mainstream people, you know, Steve, I was a big Steve Colbert fan back when he was funny. And, um, Little by little, it just kind of, I just started to find new people that really spoke to me. Steven Crowder being kind of the tipping point where it was like him and then Ben Shapiro and all these people before I knew it. I was, I was kind of red pilled. I was on the other side of the liberal aisle, right? So, um, that was kind of all undergirded by my, my faith and, and what I deemed important in life and what I thought people should be aspiring to in life and the purpose that we have as human beings, human nature, all those things that I talk about. And so all of that informed my politics. And then when the George Floyd incident happened in the first place, that was kind of a big tipping point for me because I started seeing my personal church community, people I know who are pastors, people that I know that are leading churches, having to start stepping into the realm of politics to kind of either defend or deter from the BLM movement. And I didn't like what I was seeing in a lot of places. A lot of places were just kind of going with the flow and just kind of placating to this idea of like, we're sorry on behalf of all white people, we're sorry. And and I just didn't think that was right. So I started speaking out then. I made a video a little bit after that, uh, why I left the left and, and made it part of the whole walk away movement thing. And that kind of took off on YouTube and got me a bunch of numbers. So I thought, hey, maybe this is a good outlet for me to just, you know, first of all, preach the gospel. And second of all, engage with ideas that need to be engaged with in, in a public forum. And so since then, it's been maybe about a year, year and a half. And uh, I've just been doing this consistently. I've gotten some jobs involved in politics. And, and I think, you know, this is kind of the trajectory of where I want to go with life now. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it's so great to have uh, people like you that especially, you know, someone who identifies as somebody who used to be part of the left. Um, so it's not like we're your basic, 
you know, uneducated conservative and you never, you know, uncompassionate. It's, it's a lot of those people that I've, I've met, especially uh, in Donald Trump's version, like version of conservatism have come over from the left. Um, and we're starting to see a lot more people walking away, especially when they're hitting issues that are kind of close to home, um, especially like our topic today about Christianity yeah. um, and how I, and that was a big topic for me as well, um, where, you know, the woke culture kind of getting into Christianity. I had a church. Um, back home in Las Vegas, that was um, very like pro LBGTQ, which kind of really goes against the the religion. Uh, you know, I, I have LBGTQ friends, you know, there's, they're cool people, For but sure. it doesn't really, you know, go in, within my religion. And so try that movement to make that more accepting in the religion. And then obviously I, I saw a lot of the, the same things you were seeing with the George Floyd stuff with, uh, you know, woke culture and white guilt in the church yeah. and we need to be better Christians and, um, you know, what I find crazy is there's so there's so much um, in God's word talking about, um, you know, how to be a better person, how to treat other people. It doesn't say, oh, only treat love thy neighbor if they're white or <laughs> only love thy neighbor if they're Hispanic right. or the same as you. Um, it, it tells you to love your neighbor. And so I feel like, um, you know, trying to dilute the word to try and it almost feels like we're creating this like uh, counterfeit religion. Um, out yeah. of the leftism. It's interesting because like, I understand where it's coming from. You know, I think that's one of the things that is kind of missing on, I guess the, the right wing. I'll say, I won't even say conservatism, but in the right wing, um, there's, there's a lack of understanding of why people who are on the left believe what they believe. Right. It, especially when it comes to like progressive Christianity, people who are, let's say, quote unquote, progressive Christians are doing this out of a place of compassion more likely than not. Right. It's not out of a place of malice. And, and I'm not saying that it's excusable. I'm not saying that it's scripture. I'm not saying any of that, but, but what I, what I do believe is that they have been informed by their feelings. And a lot of times in particular nowadays with this kind of, a surge of like new age Christianity, I'll call it, where there's a lot of these like um, manifesting things into being and all of these kind of very feely uh, theological points that have been added to Christianity. It's easy to see how people can just like go off the deep end into this place where feelings override everything. And you just don't want to be mean to anybody because Jesus wouldn't be mean to anybody. Right. Even though Jesus talked about hell and money more than he did about heaven. So for me, it's really less about, all of those things and more so about um, how do we get to a place now where we can kind of bring back the idea of like, just because we think something is wrong, doesn't mean we think that you're a bad person or that you're going to hell or anything like that. We just have a strict, um, we have a strict gathering of ideas and thoughts that dictate our worldview. And that's kind of the long and the short of it. And you don't have to agree with it. You know, but at the same time, I, I would ask that people respect what we believe in as Christians. So I, I don't know if that kind of it's just interesting that you bring that up. No, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, maybe this is kind of the way you're going. But uh, what I found is in the in the, in the the stereotype that we have as Christians is that, oh, we're getting into everybody's business and we're telling people how to live their lives. Right. And it just seems like lately that it's been like this, this religion of the left that has been trying to dictate to Christians how to, how to practice their own religion. Um, you know, like, oh, you have to be accepting of this and you have to be this because otherwise you're not a good Christian or, you know, you have to uh, be on woke or you're, you know, you're not a good Christian or you have to be anti Donald Trump because otherwise you're not a good Christian or you can't, <laughs> And, and there's all these 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 facts and then uh, or all these conditions, I guess, to to your own religion. Yeah. And it just seems like more and more they're kind of infringing into how I'm supposed to practice my religion rather than me just kind of just going about uh, about my life. Um, freely. Yeah, it's, I, it's like people people are those people in particular are telling you not telling you how to believe what you believe but they have no reference point for it. So a lot of the times, like a lot of the Twitter beefs I'll get into and stuff is people that don't consider themselves Christians telling me how I should be a Christian. And I'm like, this is, this is mind boggling. I wouldn't tell a scientist how to do his job. I wouldn't tell a NASA driver or, you know, a NASCAR driver how to drive a car. Like, why would you tell somebody that's been a practicing Christian for 10 years, how to believe in Jesus or how he should read the scriptures? I understand if you're a Christian and you want to have the debates around different kinds of theology and maybe, there is some sort of wiggle room on this idea of like feelings and, and all that. Sure. But if you're not in that game at all, I, I don't understand the vitriol towards Christianity. Um, I, I mean, I know that we've talked a lot about like this idea of um, 
the way the world is starting to look at Christianity more and more and kind of push it to the back burner. And that, that to me scares me, honestly, that to me just like shows me that there's no room left for a Bible believing, you know, scripture based moral people in America, which is scary because that's what it's founded on. No, absolutely. And I a hundred percent agree. And you know, the statistics are kind of showing that more and more people are being less religious um, although we are kind of starting to see a, a little bit of a revival thanks to COVID, you know, mm. telling people they, they couldn't go to church made people want to go to church <laughs> a little bit more. Um, but we're starting to see like this growing um, nihilism and we're kind of seeing it in the libertarian wing of, of the conservative issue, kind of what we were talking about at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and we see this a lot with like, uh, this was kind of highlighted last week with Brandy Love, right? Brandy Love at the Turning Point um, Student Action Summit. So for a lot of those people who don't know what happened, um, Brandy Love was a, was a porn star. Um, you know, she makes a living doing porn. Good for her, I guess. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's not within Christian values. It's not really within conservative values. Um, but she decided to buy a VIP ticket and attend a student action summit. And so this got a lot of outrage because uh, Turning Point decided to ask her to leave and, you know, revoked her VIP status, gave her a refund and all that good stuff. Right. Um, for me, there's a couple of, of different issues for that. One, it's it's a student, this is student conference, right? It's, this isn't like CPAC. This isn't, um, you know, uh, 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 a rally, a Trump rally or anything like that. This is a, a student conference right. in which, you know, parents are sending their kids and spending a lot of money to send their kids to learn about conservative values. And two, it's like, I feel like if she wasn't so glorification of her being a porn star at a student action summit. I don't really understand that might have even been a an issue, right? Like kind of showing off. Right. But it led to, I guess, the bigger argument is like, well, why can't porn stars be part of the conservative movement? <laughs> and, you know, why can't, you know, this, we're all about liberty and letting people do whatever they want. And we're starting to kind of see this slippery slope of morality breaking down, even within the moral party of the conservative party. Right. Where is is that frightening to you or is, or am i just am i sounding the alarm too quickly no i think you're right on man i do think that turning point handled it uh as smoothly and as promptly as they possibly could and and that's not something that a lot of people agree with but i do think that there's a large number of people that are like yeah i get it you know this is a close first of all this is a closed conference you know like not only like you anybody can buy a ticket but to get into vip and to do all these kind of the things that you would want to do if you're going to this thing it's a closed circuit like you not just anybody can stroll in there so turning point has the ability and the right to kind of kick anybody out that they want to uh, that being said i do think that the the real uh, I guess, story or problem with this whole thing is defining terms. So when people claim that they're conservatives, when people say that they're conservatives, what do they mean by that? I think that has to be asked more, right? Because there's a big difference between fiscal conservative Republican Bush era, you know, maybe neocon, and then, you know, a, a straight up like moralist Christian conservative who is like, I want to be in this because I want the world to go back to a place where the nuclear family is important. And I think that's objectively good and everybody should strive for it as opposed to like live and let live. You do you, I do me, and then everybody can live in harmony. I think that people, I think what Trump did, and I think a lot of this has to do with Trump, um, he's opened the door for the religious conservative, evangelicals, neocons, libertarians, fiscal conservatives, all of them to gather under one big tent, right? He's expanded the appeal of the right wing. I won't even say conservatism. And what that allowed to happen was the brand that he created started to become synonymous with like conservatives, conservatives, you know, and we lost we lost the ability to define that so now people are calling themselves conservatives they have no idea what conservatism means they have no idea you know the famous quote by john adams that you know the constitution is written for a moral and religious people you know so how how is it how are we going to get back to a place where we can say okay conservatism means having intrinsic moral values given to us by our creator god 
and republicanism is lower taxes and you know all of these kind of little nuance no tariffs you know stuff like that build the wall those are republican issues uh, I think conservative issues are like abortion, you know, stuff like that. Th those are the real things that, that really pull our hearts. And, and, and so I think we have to start. I think that's the main problem. The main problem is we're not defining terms on the right and we're falling into the trap of postmodern thought that the left has created where anything can mean anything. Anybody can just throw out an idea and if people like it, they just stick to it and they just run with it, you know, and, and I think that's happened with, you know, people like Milo coming to coming to, you know, popularity and Dave Rubin and like I'm a classical liberal. Well, sure, you may you may be a classical liberal, but you're not a right winger, you know, and now he considers himself a right winger, but he's he's a married gay man, you know, and that's not something that evangelicals really agree with. So it's just a matter of like we're all pushing in the same direction. It just in different at different um I guess a different strength or speeds, I guess I'll say that. I don't know if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I, I understand. I understand a hundred percent of what you're trying to say. I, I guess my next question would be how much of this is kind of related to the left pushing the Overton window or like, mm. you know, what the, the window of what is acceptable um, further and further to the left that it's actually pretty much confused people that would have normally been, categorized as left wing, like as you were saying, like Dave Rubin, uh, Milo, um, maybe people who were economically conservative, socially liberal. Right. Um, and, and, but the left has gone so far to the left and, and alienated everybody that they, they're like, well, I'm not that. So I, by default, I must be conservative. Right. How much do you think, how, how much do you attribute that basically to what's going on in the conservative movement? I definitely think that's a superficial problem. I do think that one of the left's best tactics is to push everything so far left that now anybody to to the right of like Ruth Bader Ginsburg is considered a Nazi, you know? So like, I, I think that there's this weird play that they're doing where everything goes so far left. So now you're left with all of these people that were maybe libertarians, green party people, um, maybe in another life, classical liberals, like all of these people that usually would have been on all different sides of the spectrum 50 years ago are now on the same side under Trump or under what we consider the Republican party now. And we're not sorting each other out. We're not talking about the nuances within the right wing. I mean, I'll, I'll say this, like, I'm, I consider myself a pretty mainstream conservative when it comes to the policies I believe in, right? Then there's people way to the right of me, but there's also conservatives or Republicans, I'll say that, to the left of me as well. You know, people like Mitt Romney, people like, you know, uh, uh, Chris, what's his name, Paul Ryan, people like that. So I, I think that we we... The left has done a great job at confusing the crap out of us and just making us wonder what, like giving us an identity crisis, essentially, just feeding us this idea of like, you can be whatever you want to be, you know, nothing means nothing, you know, it means whatever you want it to mean. So now people are like, all right, I want it to mean nothing. Therefore, I'm a conservative. And it's like, that's where you end up with conservative porn stars. <laughs> it's just like a, this big oxymoron. I could see how she would be a Republican. I could see how she would be a Trump supporter. I could see how she could be, you know, for lower taxes and building the wall and, you know, and freedom for freedom's sake. But I think that lines up more with like a libertarian ideology than it does a conservative right wing or evangelical conservative ideology. No, absolutely. And, and you kind of brought up a really good point um, that I kind of wanted to expand on. You brought up Mitt Romney and like the, those conservative uh, Republicans on the left, basically. Yeah. Um, that <laughs> the Republicans on the are left. Consistent <laughs> yeah, the Republicans on the left. Yeah. And man, I got to trademark that. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the Republicans on the left, basically like Mitt Romney, Paul Ryan, a lot of, a lot of them are, are at least argue that their positions come from their position of faith. They don't want to be mean and nasty that they're rejecting this new, um, I guess, like, fight or flight style of conservatism that has been brought forth uh, by Trump. And, you know, for the, I guess, since the eighties, we basically didn't have any conservatives that were with the lack of a better term, I guess, balls to really do anything other than Donald Trump. Right. Um, I mean, we're even kind of seeing it in Congress and the Senate right now too, as you know, left wing policies are just being rammed through, through executive order. And there's not really any fight going on about it. All these judges that we were supposed to have that were supposed to be these big conservative fighters that were um, proposed by Donald Trump, just kind of just getting along to get along um, mostly because, and they, and they usually quote their faith um, basically by saying like, Hey, you know, I want to be a nice guy. I want to be a nice Christian. I want to get along with everybody. I don't, I don't subscribe to this nastiness. 
Uh, how, what would your, I guess, so as a fellow Trump supporter and a Christian, what, what's, what's your argument, I guess, for being a Trump supporter and a Christian and being a conservative? All right. Well, well, first of all, I think it's worth saying that these, the Republicans on the left are full of it, right? They're not, they're not, they're like Catholic liberals, right? Where they're like pro-abortion and stuff like that. It, it's, it's counterintuitive. You're undercutting your own faith when you're talking about the things that you're talking about. It's, it's kind of, it's just bad. Uh, it's bad logic. It's not linear logic. Well, I will, what I think is worth saying about Trump is this for me personally, I think you feel this way as well. And I'm sure a lot of people that that are, that listen to this are going to feel the same way, but I, I am a Trump supporter in spite of him not being a Christian, not because he's such a good Christian. Right. So like I've never been under the impression that Trump is an evangelical Christian leader or he's a thought leader within Christianity. Actually, I'm, I enjoy him in spite of that, because I, in spite of him not being that, because what's important to me is that he allows me to be a Christian, not that he is a Christian. Right. And we can work with him, you know, becoming a Christian and getting saved and all these things. That can be a process, but like, I don't care if my president is a Christian. I just care if my president allows me to pray, go to church, worship, and be free as an, as an American. So I think that one of the big misunderstandings, and I spoke to this like progressive Christian Instagram page once uh, for like two hours about like how he couldn't wrap his head around how I could be a Christian and a Trump supporter. And I told him simply like, I don't care. Like, he's not my pastor. He's not my father. He's not my friend. He's a president. You know, I want him to legislate things that are going to allow me to do what I want and, and what is objectively and morally good for our society. Now, I think Trump, I don't even think Trump is necessarily a Republican. I think he's more of a populist. I think he's more of a nationalist. And, and I think what he governs and he makes laws that tend to lean towards the conservative side, but not with everything. He's very pro, uh, pro gay. I won't say pro LGBTQ because he's not really for the agenda, but he's okay with gay marriage. He's come into office accepting gay marriage. You know, he has no problem with Caitlyn Jenner and all these people. So he's not necessarily like a conservative, right? A conservative is kind of just morally based. I'm anti LGBTQ, anti their agenda, you know, all, all of these things that, that pretty much fall into Christianity. Uh, so for me, it's just le it's less about Trump, the person, and more so about the actions of President Trump. No, absolutely. I, I, I agree. And so you kind of touching on another issue that I kind of wanted to expand upon. Uh, so there's a growing movement within the conservative party about the LBGTQ movement. And, um, you know, obviously the gay movement in, in the the conservative movement has been going on for a while, at least since 2016, yeah. since President Trump had said, hey, you know, like, had come out as probably the first pro-gay candidate straight out the gate. Yeah. Like, Obama took him a little bit of time in office before he announced that he was, you know, for gay marriage. And I think it was really, um, his party was really pushing him. I don't know if he really reserves that, um, I guess, ideology in private. Right. Um, for conservatives now that we're having more prominent lbgtq candidates such as caitlin jenner where do you think the party needs to go on these kinds of issues considering that you know it's rooted in these christian conservative values it is there is there a certain point in which you know conservatives need to go hey like we need to reject this candidate like caitlin jenner who's obviously said that her or however you want to label caitlin jenner um is priorities are the LBGTQ and not conservatives, not Donald Trump, not um, Christian values. Right. So I think it, once again, my big thing is defining terms. So Caitlyn Jenner is a transgender woman. Means he's he's a biological man, um, and so what he is going to prioritize within his own identity is the thing that he is, right? He considers himself a woman, so that transition is going to be a big part of his platform. I consider that to be a mental illness, right? There's something wrong with him because he was born a man. He doesn't feel okay as a man. So there's something wrong, right? There's something missing, something broken within him. Um, not saying that he's a bad person or anything like that. But 
what I do think is that if I'm going to vote to elect somebody and they're going through that, it would just it would be the same thing as voting to elect somebody that's had, you know, bipolar disorder very openly. And, you know, same thing like like maybe maybe Britney Spears would run for office like I wouldn't vote for her because I see the emotional trauma. I see the the fruit of the things that are happening within their lives. So. The, I, I think what the conservative movement needs to do is start to separate things case by case and say, okay, well, the L and the G are one thing. The B and the T are, are kind of separate, and the T is kind of in a, in a place all of its own, right? So that's a completely separate issue, in my opinion. Um, I do think that there is a lot of uh, a lot of gay conservatives, or I'll say gay Republicans, gay right-wingers, that understand the need for the nuclear family, want people to be to, to be become wholesome, you know, to, to go back to that kind of idea of a father in the home and, you know, just the, the, the traditional gender roles. And I think that's good, but there, there comes a point where the exception is no longer an exception because it becomes so popular and now it's the trend and then it becomes the mainstream. And I think that's the danger in having so many, you know, gay, whatever you want to call it, right-wingers, conservatives. Um, to me, I think that there has to be, um, a time where we kind of say like, okay, it's a little gatekeeper-ish, but we have to say, okay, the conservative movement is separate from Republicanism and the right wing as a whole. And if we want to strictly, if we want to strictly have our faith inform our politics, our faith is clearly against homosexuality. And that doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means that maybe they don't hold the same morals that we do in order to govern the way we would like. So we would have to prop up people who will govern that way. And I think it has to be less about, um, just critiquing other influencers and critiquing this movement and more so about, okay, if you believe that, then run for office, you know, then, then do something, become an activist, do something that's going to solve this, to solve this problem or fill this gap as opposed to, to just critiquing, you know? No, absolutely. And I, I guess I kind of, I stray on the same side as you. Um, so I, I do have it within my faith, but also, like, I guess my problem with people like Caitlyn Jenner is when we get so wrapped up in this issue of like transgenderism, um, we look at this candidate and that's all Caitlyn Jenner is, right? Is the transgender person. Right. Um, I look at Caitlyn Jenner and in whatever, like, whatever life you want to talk about, they, they've never run a business. They've never, exactly, um, you know, had any experience that's actually. I would say quantifies them to be governor of California, right. especially, you know, are they best the for the job, the right? Merit based. Like that's really what it yeah. comes down to for sure. And so like, like if we even want to like just delete the issue a hundred percent, it's like, it's become a, a big distraction to go. What makes Caitlyn Jenner even qualified to run for this position other, outside of just being transgender. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and I feel like this has, has gotten so much, so much, I guess, hype. And so within the conservative party, we're, we're kind of falling into these traps where it's like, oh, and I, I've heard a lot of my conservative friends, especially uh, people like Tommy Lauren, who talk about, well, oh, this is the best way to stick it to the libs. Like, <laughs> this is all about winning. And they get so caught up in like, oh, well, well, this is how we'll win. We'll win this way in California. And then that's how we'll make conservative is that we're going to have a transgender. And then if they don't like her, then we're going to be like, oh, would you homophobic? Da, 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 da. <laughs> and, you know, and like and sticking it to the libs. And so too often we get you know like so in this cycle of like okay yeah yeah yeah, let's, yeah we're gonna stick it to the libs and then we're like oh man and we've moved the overton window ourselves <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and we're like in an attempt to move the overton window to the left to pull it back to the right we've pulled it all the way to the left and, yeah. the, and the liberals are just keep pulling it more and more and more and what, i think yeah i mean this, to jump on that because that that's so funny like it's something that I don't think we've noticed, and and it's kind of been a revelation within like since like post Trump era. Like we went from saying take that, like we would argue with leftists and liberals and say take that to the furthest possible conclusion and look at the damage you're doing, and then the leftists would be like, that's a great idea, let's advocate for that. And so we're we're taking their arguments and making it for them. They're taking the arguments that we made for them and then just running with it. And it's like, oh my god, that's not how it works. Like Tommy Lauren is setting a precedent. Well. Caitlyn Jenner would be setting a precedent to say, okay, now trans people can take public office or that now that's a normal thing. And I don't think Tommy Lauren sees this. She sees that it's like a, a relevance thing or like a trolling thing. That's not what it is. You're giving people precedence to say, now this is normal. And now that's going to become a regular thing. So I'm, I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I thought that was so funny. 
No, no, absolutely. And so, like, I guess the pivot I was going to make on that is if you take somebody like Rick Grinnell, who I, who was rumored to run for governor mm-hmm. of California, who happens to be gay, I would be more likely to vote for somebody like Rick Grinnell because he has an experience in politics. He was an ambassador. He has a background. Uh, and I feel like he has, like, his whole thing isn't I'm gay, right? right. Like, he's just an ambassador from Trump who happens to be gay. If it, if it comes to, if we had more candidates like that, that were just like, it's Caitlyn Jenner who was state Senator and then a business owner. And then all of this and happens to be transgender. Do you feel like you would be less or more likely to kind of vote for somebody like that? Or do you think it's because so much of her platform is LBGTQT that it just really comes too much to swallow. Yeah, I think a big component of it is that the media sensationalism is going to make her or his campaign completely about his sexual identity, which I, I don't need to hear about that every five minutes. I think another thing is that Caitlyn Jenner has proven without a shadow of doubt that that he can't hold the position for longer than two weeks i mean you remember the women's sports thing you know somebody called him outside of his car i was like what do you think about you know men in women's sports or transgender women in in women's sports and he was like oh that's completely wrong that shouldn't be and then he backtracked like a week later and he did the same thing about gay marriage he came out i think it was the view or something this was a few years ago he's like yeah you know i'm not necessarily i'm trans but i'm not necessarily into men you know, but I, I don't, I think a man and a woman should be together. And then he backtracked on that. And he said, I learned from that. And I'm now I'm for gay marriage and all this. So he can't even hold a firm position. That doesn't leave me very confident that if he gets on the Republican ticket, that he's going to be a Republican or a conservative leader. I think that he's just going to get in. And then he's going to keep his connections with Hollywood and keep his connections with the mainstream. And he's just going to become a darling of that. And and he's going to be used as like the example of how Republicans should be, you know, and CNN is going to run that into the ground. And and we're, you know, Hassan Piker is going to go on rants about how we should be more like Caitlyn Jenner. And it's it's going to be torture. No, absolutely. And so, you know, one another kind of cool story that happened this week is we saw um, and it was a big viral thing um, is that Michelle Ugenti Rita was booed off stage um, at the Trump rally at the election. And a lot of people who don't know the story is basically Michelle uh, Eugenie Rita, such a long name, Michelle Rita, um, voted against an election integrity bill. Um, it happens to be running for secretary of state, which has to do a lot with election integrity and showed up to a Republican rally. Despite all of that, I guess, I don't know why she thought this was a good idea and was booed off stage. Um, and a lot of people have been, you know, talking about the conservative movement. Oh, this is mean. This is mean spirited and nasty for me. And maybe you might disagree with me on this, but I feel like this is kind of a good thing. Like, I yeah. feel like this is something that is uniquely conservative where I don't see this in the liberal party where a lot of people in the conservative movement are harder on people in the conservative movement than they are on people on the left yeah. and rather and the left the people on the left hold themselves to almost no accountability standards whatsoever so you kind of saw that um with the project veritas video with uh alexandria ocasio cortez today with um she came out she's like i fear for my life i thought i was gonna be raped she wasn't even like three blocks from the Capitol and, and then the CNN person's like, absolutely. You're such a darling angel. I, there's no reason to not believe you on this. Whereas like a conservative, if if a conservative like Rand Paul went on Tucker Carlson and said something like that. And Tucker Carlson has been known to be harsh on conservatives like Sidney Powell during the election um, results. Um, We're starting to see that a little bit more of this. How do we, continue to be holding our conservatives to a high standard while, you know, just like really like, I don't, we're, we're kind of getting to a point where it's like, you kind of got to be a little nasty, right? Yeah. Like it, it's kind of almost getting to a point where it's like, dude, like knock it off. Yeah. Like we're going to have, we're, do we have to boo you off stage? <laughs> Which isn't very within my Christian values. Like I didn't join in on the booing, right. but I was like, this is rough. This is rougher. And I don't want to be part of this, yeah. but it feels like it's the only thing that's getting effective. How do we rectify that with our Christian values? I'll tell you and this, being man, conservative, booing people off stage that, um, that don't, re- that don't portray our message properly. I'm here for it, man. 
Honestly, I'm all about it. Like, I think it needs to happen more honestly, because if we as conservatives, as right wingers um, need to go up against the left who has control of Hollywood, has control of the media, has control of every freaking industry under the sun, we need to be putting our best foot forward. And if that person can't handle a little bit of booing and correct themselves, then they deserve to, to just fade into obscurity. And one of the things that I think the right or Republicans have done wrong for decades is they've allowed themselves to, to give in too much to, to the leftist idea, the mainstream idea of whatever's happening. And, and I think now that we're at a place where the right has some sort of cultural relevance, it may be small, the internet has given it a home. And I think now that we all understand each other and we're all like, okay, these are the things we agree on, we can generally stand behind each other and say, like, this person is not going to represent us. You know, that's what happened to Mitt Romney. So I think Mitt Romney maybe started off disagreeing with Trump a little bit. And now he's just totally off in the deep end of what, you know, Republicans on the left, because he has no place with it. He can't show up to CPAC or he can't show up to SAS. He can't. He, he, he damn sure can't show up to like, I don't know, the Joe Rogan show and like pretend to be a Republican. He'll get he'll get booed off the stage and he'll get he'll get trolled into oblivion. You know, so I, I think that it's a good thing. I think the way it, it, it intersects with our Christian values is like, you know, the only thing that we're genuinely allowed to hate as Christians is we're, we're allowed to hate evil. We're allowed to hate things that are wrong, not people, right? But principalities in the heavenly realms. That's what it says, right? Our, our battle is not against flesh and, the blood, and, and blood, but against principalities in the heavenly realms. And so I think that when we hate ideas, when we, when we have a righteous anger towards those ideas, it might, be, it might be taken out on some people, and I don't mean physically or violently, but I mean by withdrawing support. And I think that's what we have to do. We have to withdraw support from the people that just are not worthy to carry that conservative message, carry that right wing message. We need to prop up people that are willing to go through the fire. And even if they have some flaws, like Trump has plenty of flaws, like, but he's willing, he's up for the fight. And I think another person, a lot of people might disagree with me about this, but I think another person that's similar is uh, Matt Gates. He's had he's has, you know, a scandal happening when it comes to um, what CNN has to say about him and all these little blogs. But but the man is up for a fight and he's not backing down. He'll talk to anybody. He'll answer what he genuinely thinks. And I think we need that in the movement. I don't think I mean, he considers himself a Baptist. I don't know about that, you know, but that's that's besides the point to me. To me, it's like, are you willing to fight for my principles? Because I'm I'm the voter. So are you willing to mirror my principles? If you are, I will support you. If you're not, I withdraw my support wholeheartedly and maybe I'll boo you off stage. <laughs> no, absolutely. And you kind of made another good point um, that I kind of want to expand upon is something that um, I know we're both passionate about. And you talked about uh, like the culture of Hollywood, big tech, internet culture of in the conservative movement. And it seems like we're slowly starting to grasp a little bit of it, but it just seems like, growing more and more every single day it looks like conservatives and liberals are just living on two like separate different planets and that these are two separate different cultures two separate different nations and it's really hard to understand where these two places can really coexist harmoniously right. for wanting completely separate things um as a result you know like conservatives have basically been banned from modern culture um, and, you know, canceled out of existence. And people have basically used COVID as an, exist, uh, uh, an excuse to get rid of some of the more moderate conservatives. And even sometimes if you're a conservative and just don't even say anything like Chris Pratt, they're trying to go after him, like what, every five minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's like Chris Pratt went to a children's hospital in a red hat. What is that supposed to mean? And it's a, or it's a alt right whistle. What is it? A alt right, alt -right yeah. dog whistle. That's what it is. A dog whistle. And it's like conservatives can't seem to win. And um, one of the big things that, you know, Charlie talks about with this conservative movement is it looks like we're kind of getting to the point where we let things go too far and people are going to have to get to a point where they're going to, they're going to lose some stuff yeah. now, like to get things to the go the way we're supposed to go now. We're going to lose some friends. You might lose a job. You might lose, you know, that career opportunity. You might lose, um, you know, that educational opportunity to go back. Do Christians and conservatives need to exit the modern culture? Um, or do you think 
there's a place for us here where we need to fight for other people. I think it depends on the person, right? So I think it depends what you have, uh, what what is what you're willing to sacrifice. I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, one of the reasons that I'm such a big fan of like James O'Keefe and Veritas is because not only are they not willing to leave the culture, they're trying to obliterate the culture and challenge it, right? So this idea of suing everybody every time they say anything that's not right is like that that should have been happening forever like republicans are quote unquote the party of the rich according to leftists why aren't we suing everybody into oblivion like that should just be like hands down what we're doing oh you're defaming me we're going to put together the best law team that we that we've ever seen and we're going to go after them we have to figure out our strengths and we have to pro, pro, prop up our strengths and we have to help each other i think that you know some might call it infighting within conservatism i don't really see it that way i think that we're all trying to leverage to see who is who is i guess top of the hierarchy top of the top of the hill king of the hill so so to speak and now that all of this sorting is happening, we have to take these what we've learned and go into the culture and just kind of prove that our ideas work, right? That's all we really have to do because the left's ideas, plain and simple, they sound good, but they don't work. Our ideas don't sound good, but they work. And, and, and I think that's one of the big things that people have gotten wrong about uh, conservatism is like we don't need to make it relevant. The last thing that people want is is like, you know, skinny jeans conservatism, right? Like they, they don't need it to look cool. They just want to know, does it work? Why is it good? If it's good, I'll do it. You know, and so that's like one of the, one of the biggest, I guess, pushbacks I've seen culturally has been this idea of marriage. Like forever, for since I was a kid, a teenager, I grew up hearing adults who are married complain about marriage i've heard men be like the old ball and chain and this this and that women i don't need no man blah blah blah. and now all of a sudden there's this shift where it's like the this next generation i'll, I'll say i won't even say my generation i'll say the generation below me i'm 32 um they are all about like i want to get married i want to have kids i want to want a house i want i want to live a proper life and i think that's like a beautiful thing not only is it beautiful but it's right and it's holy and and it's and it's just it causes a good society what it, it, it brings a good civilization and it's what western civilization is founded on so if if right-wingers and conservatives can capitalize on like hey our ideas are what make this world go round and what keep you in your air-conditioned house i think we can win that way but i don't think we're going to win by out Beyonce, Beyonce, you know, we, we can't do it. It's just not going to happen. They have all the creativity. They have all that stuff. We have to stick to our strengths. No, absolutely. I, I think there's, there's certain areas of the culture where conservatives kind of seems to do very well. Um, where like comedy um, and comedians, it seems like more and more yeah. comedians are getting red pilled every single day. Joe Rogan's so close. He's so like, close. He's so close. He, he's so close. What I've noticed, and this is a detour, but I think you'll you'll appreciate it. I've noticed he doesn't have Christians on. Like even um, he won't have apologet like Christians that are specializing in apologetics, because I think if there's something. I think he has some sort of religion hurt. You know, people have church hurt or whatever. I think there's mm -hmm. some sort of trauma in his life attached to that. But he's such a powerful voice that I think if he did have. Uh, William Lane Craig on there, or you know, even somebody more modern like John Craig or John Lecrae. I forget. I think that's his name, but he's he has a YouTube channel called What What Do You Mean, and it's all apologetics focused. If, even if he had somebody like that on there, I think it would change the way people look at Christianity. But it's he, like you said, it's he's so close. The comedy is one of those kind of beacons where people people you have to deal with like objectivity, and you have to deal with like things that are just common ground in order to be a good comedian. You can't go super nuanced because nobody's going to laugh. And I think just having that basis in reality, that is, that is causing people to become more red pill day by day. And I think it's happening to their fans too. No, absolutely. And yeah, and exactly where I was going with this is even like recently we've kind of seen Bill Burr who was my mm -hmm. favorite comedian kind of got red pilled and he's, he's this kind of guy who kind of says it out how it is too, where, you know, it's like, Hey, white women are taking over the woke movement which was supposed to be doing something for racial justice yeah. got a lot of flack for that yeah. um but and then we're also kind of seeing in you know rap music too i i do think like people like the marine rapper and bryson craze you know although i might not agree 100 percent with what they say all the time they are doing like pretty well in the in in uh in their in their field but 
You know, there's certain areas like film where I'm like, man, outside of Clint Eastwood, it doesn't seem like any <laughs> conservative can make a good film um, in Tim Allen. And, and so it's like, although I would like to see um, your kind of Christian, Christian conservative values, you know, represented, not even really like really representative, but like not demonized. Right, in the movie anymore. Right. Like it just, it just seems like, I don't know about anybody else, but it seems like every time there's a lifetime movie, it's like, the hardcore Christian dad is like this <laughs> complete asshole and he's such, he's abusive and all this stuff. And it's like, every time, every time you watch the TV, it's like, that's the portrayal of the, of the Christian dad. And then the Christian mom is like overbearing and yeah. like, kind I have, of a, I have a lot of theories about that, man. Like, I think one part of it is like a lot of these people who are writing these movies have never met an actual Christian family. You know, they've grown up in, probably they've probably grown up in right right in hollywood right and they, they that's just what they've aspired to be or they grew up in new york or these cities then they move to la and a lot of it just has to do with unfamiliarity and so they just get the they just get the uh what's it called the trope of what it is to be a christian family and they don't get the actual you know the truth about it i think another thing is the way that the the, the infrastructure is set up when it comes to movies as opposed to music i think you, we've started to see a lot more of these, I guess, conservative uh, rappers come out because of the internet and the way the music industry has changed, where you can literally come up on your own. Mu movies can't really do that yet. You know, now you still have to go through this huge machine to get a movie made. And to it's, it's still millions of dollars to do like a, a full length feature film. So I think because of that, you have to play into the politics. And once in a while, you get a Chris Pratt, but like, he can only do so much and he's already getting just like blasted, you know, and he's at his peak. <laughs> so it's insane. But, but I do. So I got in a little bit of trouble on Instagram because I said that MAGA rap is cringe. Um, and, and to me, I only said that because I, so I play music as you can see, I'm not a freaking savant or anything, but I have, I, I have snobbish taste when it comes to everything in the world. Like I'm, I try to be humble but with music. I'm an absolute snob. Music and food, <laughs> and and what I see a lot happening with these with these things, is they're kind of taking the the leftover fumes of the mainstream and repackaging it for conservatives, right? So like 808s are popular and mumble rap is popular. We're gonna throw an 808 on there. We're gonna mumble rap, and instead of saying like bitches and hoes, we're gonna say MAGA and patriot, you know? And and to me, I don't necessarily love that. I want to see somebody express something new create something out of nothing, a new genre, something that speaks to a different part of the soul. And that's kind of why I'm so gung-ho about being a Kanye fan. Say what you will about him. He has the ability to take all of these different influences and then create something that nobody's, that people are just weirded out by because it's so different. And to me, that's, that's the beauty in art and the beauty in music. And I think more people need to take a page out of that book instead of taking a page out of six nines book and figuring out how to get a bunch of clout from doing things on the internet, you know? No, absolutely. And I think you kind of hit a good point there. Do you think as more of these gatekeepers start to fall, um, like in the music industry, uh, we're kind of starting to see it with like photography and modeling with the rise of Instagram and all these other, um, and comedy is kind of doing the same thing with, uh, you know, TikTok. You're starting to see a little like two minute comedians, um, kind of start to get the rise like Jason Banks. Mm. Um, do you think as these gatekeepers start to fall, we're, we're the, the, the liberal culture is kind of in trouble for sure. Um, I don't, I don't ever see uh, the left relenting all power because their entire worldview is surrounded by, like, they're the, at the essence of their worldview is power. So I don't ever see them letting go of power. I think things might balance out a little bit, and that's the hopeful side of me, you know. Um, I, I don't, I'm not all doom and gloom where it's like the culture will never recover, you know, Jesus just has to come and the world's over. I do think that there is going to be a little bit of a balance to be had, and I think it's just going to be about creating new markets. You know, like I, I think what's happening now with, for example, the social media stuff where you have parlor and gab and all these things. I think that's a good thing. I don't think any of those are getter now. I don't think any of those are the winners, but I love the, I love the idea that there's now a marketplace for social media apps because for the longest you had one of four or you had all four of them. And that was the only place that you could go for each of each kind of those interactions. So I, I think the same thing has to happen with um, movies. 
there ha we have to have some sort of studio be made that's equivalent to MGM or you know Warner Brothers or something like that that's willing to fund you know creative ideas that do not you know cast blame or look at the Christian dad as the villain in the movie and I think once that starts happening more and more we'll get to a place where now things are evening out and you can kind of choose to go to a movie that that is you know aligned with your values and they'll be better than pure flicks and so not to not to hate on pure flicks but you know and not, not always the the most um artistic movies although they are very heartfelt no absolutely so i guess so a little bit in closing obviously you talked about not being doom and gloom over the next kind of two years where do you think it was a good path for christian conservatives to kind of like put their little home in and start kind of working and making progress that's like actually measurable it's doable we probably could see some a little bit of progress out of it uh good path in in politics or in culture because i think those are going to be uh, just either or like where, where's a good place to start kind of putting our energy because it just seems like there's a lot of christians out there and they're always like james i was a christian conservative it's like there's so much going on in the world but i don't even know where to go like wh where do i start like what would you tell them because obviously there's a lot of time i just go I, dude i don't I have no <laughs> idea i think we have to get rid of the stigma of christians shouldn't be in politics i think that stigma has to be killed murdered and thrown into the woods like we have missed a prime opportunity as the church to be the voice of reason in the political sphere. And because of that, we are where we are now. The church used to be looked at as a beacon of truth, hope, and enlightenment for a long time. And, and, and it caused Western civilization. The ideas of forgiveness and individuality, those are Christian ideas that weren't in any other religion. They weren't in Islam. They weren't even so much in Judaism. I hate to say that, but the idea of forgiveness came along with Christ. You know, like the God, the God of the Old Testament was saving all that forgiveness until, until after Christ. And so uh, I think we have to do ourselves the favor of getting rid of the rules of, of how we can influence people and say, I'm going to influence a person, people however I can. If that means becoming a good father, raising two kids, and then that's it, I'm not involved in politics, that's fine. But you have to be willing to fight the battles that come towards you. So if you are going to be that father that, that, that has two kids and you want to raise them properly with the gospel and with true conservatism, you have to be willing to go to the PTA meetings and say, I don't like what my kid is learning in school. You have to be able to go to these, you know, these board of ed meetings and say, I want my school to change its curriculum. You have to be able to do those things because that's where your influence is. If, you're, if your only influence is your family, which I think is a great and worthy, worthy cause, you have to be able to do the things necessary to make sure that your family isn't tainted by this, this CRT leftism wildness that's happening in the world. And so I think it's whatever, whatever sphere you're in, wherever you are, there is somebody, there are people that you can influence. Take that with the utmost seriousness and run with it. I love it. I, that's 100% where I'm at with this too. It's like, if you're not going into your school board meetings, if you're not involved in your community, if you're not a precinct committee men or going out and registering people to vote or knocking on doors or, or, you know, just even doing the simple stuff, like, like just reading your kids homework, yeah. the, the study, the study stuff, uh, the forms that come home, um, you're, you're just not doing enough. So Angel, we're kind of running short on time. If people want to follow you, get more information, they like your stuff. I think we had a pretty good conversation today where they go follow you at. For sure. Um, so I'm usually on Instagram underscore angel Q U I R O Z. And um, I have been posting less on YouTube because I've, I've gotten a new job, but I'll be posting more soon. Uh, YouTube is the same thing, Angel, Q-U-I-R-O-Z. Um, I have a Patreon account if you want to help fund, you know, the creativity part of things. So that's patreon.com slash Angel Kiros. And uh, that's about it, man. Angel Kiros, wherever you are. I have, I have audio podcasts, all that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much, Angel, for coming on. Thank you, bro. I really appreciate it. Make sure everybody, before you leave, hit the like, subscribe, uh, help us share it, um, especially now with the shadow banning that's going on on social media and everything like that. If you like this content, make sure you leave us a review. Five Star helps us the best. Um, and we'll be back tomorrow with more uh, great content. So look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thank you.